food plays a pretty big role in the lives of some families, particularly those who've come to Australia from another country. The smells, the processes, the traditions, a reminder of a life that was. My name's Jess Ong, and you're listening to another podcast episode from Spun Stories, where a live storytelling night from Australia's Northern Territory. Now, I'm a big fan of food. I grew up in a multicultural household, which meant that I had the privilege of many different tastes and textures, as did Ange Wu. But despite Ange's love of food, the kitchen was off limits growing up. So what did Ange do? She rebelled. Cast your minds to suburban Melbourne. Little Ange, very keen to help in the kitchen. You probably think by looking at me that I was taught how to cook all sorts of things by my mum, who was an amazing cook, my dad, who was an amazing cook. Not what you'd expect. So they were paranoid that I would probably set fire to the house. My dad would run fire drills. We lived in a semi-detached three-bedroom house. There was only two ways out of the place, the front door or the back door, and we would have to practice getting out in a hurry. We weren't setting fire to anything. I wasn't even allowed to have scented candles in my room. Everyone thinks of Asian dads as being kind of scary. He's like Miyagi. So he's like shorter than me. I'm pretty short. Little, you know, skinny dude, gentle as, pretty zen. And yet he was paranoid that we would do something to the house. So kitchen, no-go zone. My mum came from Taiwan and she used to be a primary school teacher. So she was actually terrifying. Uh, she's almost six foot tall. Just She was the ultimate disciplinarian. And part of being second-gen Asian is that uh, at home, everyone is going to practice English. Because if you don't know enough English, everyone's going to pick on you. And um, obviously, my parents had both um, struggled a bit already with this. So, so I only know how to get told off in Mandarin. If you know this in Mandarin, it's kind of like, oh my God, what have you done? So, to me, cooking wasn't this kind of thing that I was brought up with and, and, and I got told how to do it. It was always basically dark magic to me, right? Dumplings, spring rolls, all sorts of magical things. One minute you smell ginger and eggs frying off and then the next minute, well, no, stuff is done. That's right. I tried helping once by cracking the egg for the pancake mix uh, on the ground and it was, ah, oh, yeah, get out of the kitchen. So... Uh, me being a little rebel that I was. One day, my parents were at home. Um, I think I was about, well, I was less than 10. So, of course, I took it upon myself to make a stir fry. So, here's the kid. I know how to do all my fire drills. I know where the fire extinguisher is. If anything goes wrong, I know what to do. What I didn't know how to do was cook a stir fry. I cut all of the vegetables, because I knew you needed all of them, like one of everything out of the fridge. So cut everything up, started, we had a gas stove, so that was fun. I knew you needed a wok, that was, that was handy. Put all the veggies in the wok, started cooking them off. It's all, it's all going great guns, it's smelling amazing. I knew there was a cupboard with things in it, like soy sauce, and or again, like dark magic. I was like, oh, this is it, like who needs Hogwarts, right? And then I realised, wait, I need rice. I got this. So being this kid that doesn't even know how to cook a stir fry because everything's all smelled ginger and egg and then dinner's ready. So I had to fill in the gaps. I knew rice needed to be added to the veggies and I also knew where rice was. <laughs> Second generation Asian kid, it either comes from the rice cooker or it comes from the, from the bin of rice um, because you only buy it by the giant sack. So 
I knew not to use the sloppy rice cooker rice, so I grabbed some uncooked rice, threw that in the wok. So I've cooked up this massive storm and, and of course I've realised that something has just gone wrong. So sure enough, my dad's the first to come home from work. Aya, Get out! <laughs> Parents out there, you could probably take this as a learning opportunity and say, hey, I'll show you how to actually make a stir-fry. Here are the things that you've done wrong. There's, there's several. And take you through. But no, it was get out of the kitchen. And I think my mum was kind of terrified that the more obsessed I got with food or the curiosity of food and this dark magic, that I would never get a real job. So I dropped out of engineering. I found that I was struggling with social skills. So, of course, any logical engineer to be, thinking that they need more social skills, thought, let's apply for a hospitality job. Uh, it's not really a logical engineering thing. It was just me thinking, guess what? If I work at a pancake restaurant, I get free pancakes. <laughs> I'm 25 and thinking, if I work at a cafe, I get free coffee. And, and get paid, like, as well, to drink coffee and eat pancakes. And I started thinking, you know what? One day, if I own a restaurant, I can have free whatever it was on the menu. And people have to answer to me. And so I started thinking all of these grand things, um, and then I got my pay slip. And then thought, all right, okay, we're going to calm down. Maybe not a restaurant, maybe a little cafe, like little, you know, I grew up in Melbourne, maybe one of those little hole-in-the-wall places. That's, that's kind of trendy. And um, then I realised you've got to pay rent, and you've got to pay staff. I'm a waiter, and I, don't, I still don't know how to cook to this day. So I thought, um, uh, better learn how to cook. So I looked in the paper one day, and uh, the Air Force was advertising for cooks. This is, this is no longer Kid Ange thinking, let's save up some money and buy a restaurant and run the joint. This is me thinking, oh, yeah, I don't want to get paid $6 an hour to be someone's apprentice and just peel onions for two years. I'll sign up to the military, like any revelation kid would do. So I signed up. One of the fun things that Defence Force Recruiting asks you, it's, it's not like, you know, are you prepared to go to war if, you, if we call upon you, all that kind of stuff. Like, that's, that's fine. I'm fine with that. They said to me, what do your family think about you joining? And I lied. <laughs> I hadn't told my parents that I was going to enlist. I um, was impulsively just thinking, oh, that's a lot of free food that I can get. <laughs> I had to speak to my mum. I, I had to break the news to her. So I said, hey, mum, I'm going to Adelaide. Um, and she said, oh, for how long? And I said, oh, about 10 weeks. And then she said, what for? I said, oh, I'm, I'm joining the Air Force. And my mum knew that, obviously, I was halfway through my um, telecommunications engineering degree, and, and she said, so, like, yeah, what are you doing in the Air Force? And I said, I'm going to be a cook. And she said nothing. <laughs> Fast forward to my first posting, which was Newcastle. All right, I'm all trained, I'm ready to roll. Rumour has it that Kylie Kwong is posting in it's very hard to fill Kylie Kwong's shoes. She knows how to cook. So, top tip, if anybody ever gets accidentally called Kylie Kwong before they post into an Air Force base as a cook, set fire to a walk. <laughs> the flashpoint of various oils is such that if you leave it warming up and walk away, it will catch fire. 
This is a little fun game that you can play later on on your way home probably as well. It's to find your DJ name. What you think of is the last thing that you did that attracted unwanted attention, and that is your DJ name. So I am DJ Walkfire, <laughs> and I'm no longer called Kylie Kwong, which is great. It was a minimum four years. Some people say you get less for murder, but I actually liked cooking. I was suddenly open to the world of actual dark art. There were several fires. I can assure you it's been at least 20 days since my last walk fire. <laughs> but basically, uh, what happened after I'd worked all of these hospitality jobs and, uh, and finally did my tax, I got a giant, giant lump sum of a tax return. And I thought, hey, I could put it towards a, you know, a business course, I could put a down, to down payment on a, you know, a truck driving course or you know, get that food van started or the coffee cart started. No, I um, decided to go on a round-the-world tour to eat food. And I thought I would visit Taipei because my mum's mum, my grandma, she was, she was living in Taipei and I thought, oh, I haven't seen you since I was a little tacker, so I'll go and visit you. And... Little did I know, before I visited Taipei, my mum had rung ahead. And my mum had told my aunties and my grandma, Ange only eats Western food. She really likes KFC and McDonald's. She doesn't want to eat any of that weird stuff. I had no idea, so I rock up to my grandma and speak in vaguely broken Mandarin. The first thing I learn in any foreign language is how to talk about food. So I said, Shang chu la which is, I like, I want to eat spicy. And she just looks at me and she says in Mandarin that I can't actually say, but she's, you know, her eyes light up and she suddenly realises, obviously my mum was trying to control what I was eating and one of the great street food things in Taipei is chou tofu, which people might know of as stinky tofu. So it smells like, I don't know, old socks, like being slowly cooked and fermented, but it's delicious. And I guess, like, if there is one message you can take away from DJ Walkfire tonight is, um, <laughs> is sometimes you try and be a rebel. Like, I tried really hard to get back into that kitchen and 11 years later of, like, actually setting fires to things for money... You can get there, but you might not be as much of a rebel as you think you are to begin with. <laughs> Ange first shared this story at a spun event in 2018 where the theme was rebellion. We're really humbled at the thought of stories from our tropical town going wandering into ears all around the world, but we need your help to get our podcast out and about even more. If you like what you've heard so far, we would love a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Your tick of approval is the most important thing, and we appreciate all of the support and TLC. If you want to find out a little bit more about us, you can go to our website, spunstories.net, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. You just need to search for Spun Stories. The story producer behind Angie's story was Johanna Bell. Ryan MacArthur was the sound editor and Gaia Osborne did sound production. Sam Carmody is responsible for the beautiful music throughout our podcast. 
Spun Stories is one of the projects that comes out of the Creative Production House Story Projects and funding support comes from Darwin International Airport. The Larrakia people are the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather to connect through story here in the Top End. We're grateful to and acknowledge their contribution to the story-rich place that we luckily get to call home. My name's Jessong. Thanks for listening. <laughs>